Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours, squeezing in as much sports as we possibly can here uh, in the, well, what little there is in the next couple of hours. But we do have a pretty good feeling that baseball is on the horizon uh, as the uh, rosters for most teams have been uh, have been published how, it's funny where they do it. Huh? They run to Twitter. Yeah, right, right. It's yeah, crazy yeah. how the world has changed. Uh, but uh, So we'll get into that a little bit. Tommy Birch is going to join us uh, from the Des Moines Register. Um, the reason we want to have Tommy on, a number of reasons, good dude, loves baseball, and he's watched a whole bunch of these youngsters, if you want to call them that, that have made their way uh, through Des Moines and now may have an opportunity as there are some jobs available with the Chicago Cubs. Tommy Birch, who last week had a little scoopage uh, regarding the Field of Dreams matchup, potentially Cubs cards uh, being talked about in a lot of circles. So we'll get Tommy in here at 1025. The St. Louis Cardinals move the needle in Des Moines. There's a lot of Cardinal fans out there. And Brian Walton uh, from the CardinalNation.com is going to be back with us. He'll, he'll give us our first preview of the Redbirds, some of the young one in particular, they got an outfielder, just mashes. Uh, we'll get into him. We'll get into the uh, uh, the Cardinals with uh, Brian Walton at about 1045. We still owe you two NFL teams. After today, we'll only owe you one of the four locals. Uh, Jeff Hughes from DeBear's blog, who just picked up a really good sponsorship. Did I you see saw that, that yeah. I wonder if he worked with Cappy's wife. I'm assuming he did. Lou, Lou Malnati's. Yes. And Cappy's wife, Mandy or Mindy? Mindy. Um, Cappy's wife, anyways, is the director of marketing for Lou Malnati's. Got a good job. Uh, and um, so we'll get Jeff Hughes in there. And then there's a, f- um, I don't want to, kind of fundraiser, Hoover Huskies football team, Tyron Taylor, the head coach uh, of Hoover, they are doing a cleat drive for newer year used cleats. Um, and as I've said for years, I've got a soft spot when it comes to the quote, city schools, and Hoover's trying to, um, you know, make it possible for some youngsters who may not be in the family, might not be in the, uh, um, in a spot where they can afford some cleats, so they are doing a cleat drive over at Hoover, and we're going to have Coach Taylor on to uh, to talk about uh, how people, if they're so inclined, can get involved. We'll do that at about 11.45. Get into the weekend topics. How was your weekend, Trent Condon? Pretty good. A lot of time with the family. Friday night, my wife had a work function, so I was with the kids then. And then yesterday, she drove down to Kansas City to go to Ikea. We're looking to put in a new vanity in one of the bathrooms, so she went down so there. She went to Kansas City? Went to Kansas City. That's the closest Ikea that there is. Why do you have to go there? Eh, she loves Ikea. Okay. I, I have been, and I was so happy that she went with one of her friends. And nice. I know how that I is. was not involved, so yeah. full day with the kids, long day with the kids, and as uh, Jack is slowly working his way back, the kids are going back to daycare twice a week. Well, he's very used to mom, uh-huh. and... As children often are, Trent. Well, but has been with her every single day, every hour for the last three months. He won't drink milk out of a bottle anymore. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, 
tried to do it through a sippy cup that worked okay, but mm-hmm. by the time we got to supper, he was ravenous as he'd only had like four <laughs> ounces of milk throughout the day. A little grumpy by the end of the day, but full 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 day of uh, kids' activities. Went to the park, got the sprinkler out, had some fun doing that. So he that. didn't see much golf, I'm assuming. I did not, though uh, definitely had dinner ready as that was wrapping up. So we went with the early dinner and was able to see the conclusion of things. Yeah, because it was a delay, so it yeah. worked out well at least. Your uh, boy DJ. Yeah, you're always a Dustin Johnson. Well, it, he just bombs it off the tee. It's a Gretzky connection. Well, really. there's that as well. Is he married into the family? Right, right. Uh, Paulina, right? I believe yeah. Paulina. Uh, he married uh, Wayne's eldest child, Paulina Gretzky. That's what I always figured. You're, you're just love. Well, I just you, love. You've the been way a DJ guy for as long as I've known you. Trent, he just crushes. Do you see yeah. his drive on? Was it 18? Yeah, it was 18. He had one shot lean, go to the final hole. Um, uh, the group ahead of him that was chasing him put both put it in the trap. Did he, did he, uh, you know, take out a three wood or something because he did to nurse that late? Uh, uh-uh. tee in the ground. Here comes the big stick and three hundred and eighty yards right down the frickin' middle, just pasted it. You know, I've asked. I know I've asked Matt Rudy this before in terms of talent, just raw talent. Got to be up there, Trent. He's in the discussion. Yeah. And is he more talented than the Tiger and everybody else? But he is up there. The way that he hits the ball, it's a lot of times that flat stick. That's mm-hmm. what can be the undoing of he, him. He played, he putted very well yes. this weekend. You know, there was another story uh, that was out there too. Uh, got by the name, and I have no idea. I'd never heard of Will Gordon until yesterday. Uh, but the fact that he needed to finish third or better. He knows this going into the into the final round. Probably knew it going into the golf tournament. I, I don't know if, uh, if I heard that part. But I do know that going into the final round of the golf tournament, a guy by the name of Will Gordon, who again, uh, I couldn't have picked Will Gordon out of a police lineup before yesterday. But he needed to finish third to get his card. I mean, can you imagine the pressure? No, 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 you don't have to break par. You have to finish third or better. <laughs> now make the cut. Saturday fires a 71. He's up against it. Yesterday, with all the pressure in the world on this dude, he comes out and shoots a 64. He goes his final three holes, makes a long birdie putt on 16, and then gags a shorty on 17, mm. you think, and he fell out of the third place. He birdied 18. And then watched the scoreboard and finished third. I mean, I don't. Will I be, this make me a Will Gordon fan? No, <laughs> but at least for yesterday, it was a little bit of drama. And gosh knows we could use drama at least in the world of sports, not related to the pandemic. That's enough drama. This is a different kind of drama, uh, and it was good to watch. The other thing that broke last night, Trent, and uh, who hasn't called this one at some point since Cam Newton was released mm-hmm. and Tom Brady uh, was uh, decided he's going to get his mail in uh, in Tampa Bay, that Cam Newton is going to be a, a New England Patriot. And lo and behold, Cam Newton's a New England Patriot. What a, it's a tremendous signing. It makes complete sense. The contract is set up in a way that it's not going to really impact unless he's out there playing. Mm-hmm. And it was a perfect deal, I think, for the Patriots. It still felt like this whole offseason that there was something else that was going to fall. And initially, there was a lot of options. Maybe it was going to be Jameis Winston. He ultimately signs with New Orleans. But mm-hmm. you know how that was going to turn out, what he was going to do. And New England just made so much sense. New England or the Chargers? Chargers, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they have, what, Tyrod Taylor? That's it. That's who they're going to go with yep. uh, to begin this season. I, I think this is going to work. You know, there, there's a theory out there that... The Patriots are going to tank this year because of Trevor Lawrence, yeah. that, that, Justin Fields. It's, it's, it's a good point. 
No. They, no, they're not going to now, but they're right. going to win more games now, Trent. I they think are. that that goes hand in hand with a big sigh of relief from NFL fans that they are not going to be in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes because Cam Brady, uh, Cam Brady, Cam Newton is going to, you know, win his fair share of games. To think that Bill Belichick, who who's going to thank you, right? Yeah, cares so much about the history of the yeah, league. Yeah. You've seen those NFL films and uh-huh. NFL Network pieces. The where two Bills are phenomenal. That's a phenomenal That's piece. a great one. Yep. Just when he's talking about the history, they had the anniversary special and he was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And him talking about... And to think that that Loves guy the game, Trent. is going you. to... Yeah, you know what? We're just going to go two and fourteen this year, so yep. we can get Trevor Lawrence. Yep. It's unthinkable if you know anything about the way Bill Belichick is wired, who he is, and how he cares for the league. Because regardless of what we see in the NBA and some other sports, tanking is still in many people's walk of line, including I would guess Bill Belichick hmm. looked upon very unfavorably. Nine and seven, ten and six, and is that good enough? You, you like Buffalo? I do like Buffalo a lot. I I still like Buffalo a lot. I don't see Buffalo being a twelve and four, thirteen and three type two team though. Still, yeah. And I think you put the Patriots right back up there when healthy, and that's still a big caveat for Cam Newton. He is still an incredible talent. Uh-huh. He is still a top twelve quarterback. He was the MVP of the league five years ago. Right, right. Five years a lot can change. Sure, but he's admittedly. only thirty one. He is thirty one. Not forty one. He's thirty one. You know, when I saw that when they were talking about it on Sports Center last night and just thinking, boy, he's just still only thirty one. It feels like he has been such a big part of our life for so long. Mm-hmm. One of the most dominant college football dominant seasons. I yeah, get that. Yeah. And that's why I can never win this argument because for in college football, he's one of those ones that you just remember. I mean, his Heisman winning Auburn uh, year was was unbelievable. And it didn't get off to a great start. Um, no, it didn't. That Thursday night against Mississippi mm-hmm. State, an SEC game to open things up, and there was a lot of buzz about him coming into Carry the season. Carry Gene Chiswick to a national championship. Hard to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, Cyclone fans will tell you that. And what happened the year after Cam left? Yeah, not good. It, uh, and out the door he goes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, look, it, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Um, Patriots looked like an also ran wonder what it did yesterday, the news, if anything, and I'm sure it did, to their season win total. You know, they're so heavily juiced by this point as you get deeper and deeper into the summer and as long as the lines have been out there, and they have been for football for Mm -hmm. a long time, those win totals. At this point, you see a lot of minus 180s because they don't want to move along because they don't want to get middled with these win totals. And because of that, that's why the juice moves so much there. So I don't know if the actual number changed. If it does... It's a half is, is really all that they're going to move it. But, yeah, you're going to see, I'm sure, the juice moving around a lot of those different. And I'm, I'm sure there's a percentage of people saying, well, I'm just going to bet on Belichick. It doesn't matter what they have. And <laughs> you put that number at seven and a half. Well, they're, they're going to find a way to win eight games. They won 12 with Matt Castle yes, as their quarterback. Did. And they'll find a way. And then the other side, ah, they're finally due to fall apart. They're going to go and people on the other side there. But, yeah, it'll be intriguing. I'm sure ESPN Chalk and Covers and all the other places will, will have an article about that, about what the odds makers have done with the Patriots because there's going to be a, a, certainly a lot more people, I think, interested now on this team as opposed to felt like they're finally going to move back behind and we weren't going to see them on CBS in the late afternoon well, games you know, all the time. It's funny you just mentioned that, Trent, because I just picked up their, pulled up their schedule. I wanted to see how many times that they got parked in primetime. Uh-huh. It actually was going to, it was more than I thought it was going to be. 
you know, because when the schedule came out, it was going to be the J, uh, uh, the Stidham era. What's his first name? Jason Jared, Jared Stidham. Uh, of course, another Auburn quarterback. By not, the way, not Baylor. as memorable. No era for Jared. No, Stidham. a decent player. He was, but, yeah, um, decent player. So uh, week two, they're on Sunday night football. Um, when else do they, they get a primetime game? They, uh, at Jets on Monday night football on the 9th of November. The very next week, they're right back on NBC on Sunday night football. So from Monday night to Sunday night in consecutive weeks. Oh, that's not all. They've got a Thursday night game at the Rams. And just when you thought that the Patriots were done with primetime, not so fast, the final Monday night game of the season. And boy, has this got a chance to be played in nasty weather. 28th of December, ESPN, Monday night football, Bills, Patriots in a driving snowstorm. Oh, yes. Sign me up for that. Sign me up. Well, for any kind of football Mm -hmm. as we uh, look forward. Speaking of the weekend, how was the weekend for you as it pertains to just where we are. It seems like every week when we come in, we kind of have a different temperature about how we're feeling, getting sports back, getting football back. What did the weekend do for uh, you? Really nothing. Well, I got my test back. I'm negative. Yes, that was great. Yeah, that was, that was good. Um, you know, there. The, look, at again, this when Test Iowa came and there was a lot of arrows being shot at mm-hmm. it, I can only speak from my experience. It was slick as a whistle. Yeah. It was just seam, it was seamless. Um yeah, and, and got the test. It was in my inbox. Well, I didn't check on Saturday, Saturday morning. It came like in the middle of the night on Friday. Oh, wow. Right. So um, that's pretty good. Then when did I get it? Wednesday? So about t- two-day turnaround. and mm-hmm. So that's good. By the, I certainly haven't run into anybody, everybody here, but I think everybody got tested after uh, you know Chris was um, stricken with it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, happy birthday to Chris Williams today. Apparently his birthday. I saw Keith Murphy tweeted at him. Um, so so far so good. And I got to thank Heather Burnside because honest yeah. to God, yeah. you know I come in here and this is she is. She's on top of it. She really is. Yeah. She, she's got the spray bottle going, mm-hmm. those little cotton swabs going, and uh, grateful that we're I'm the next one on the same mic that everybody <laughs> uses and following her because I know that that thing is going to have a, a significant dose of disinfectant or whatever that stuff is that we spray uh, spray out. The other news from the weekend. Uh, so let me answer your question. Yeah. Um, no, no change really. No, 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 no change. College uh, football will happen. NFL well, will I happen. Well, I still, I'm still fifty fifty on college football to yeah. begin with, but I didn't go any. I didn't go off of that. NFL is going to take place. The NFL is there's too much. It's too. It's too too big. Um, NFL is going to happen. Baseball are going to try their damnedest. Obviously, they're mm-hmm. going to they, they start Wednesday for crying out loud. Wow. Uh, NBA, there are some players who've come out and say, you know what, they're just going to take the rest of the year off. They don't want to do it. Uh, but, um, look, Commissioner Silver, I think, is going to be as buttoned up on this as anybody. So I think that uh, the NBA at least going to get off. Uh, and the NHL players have yet to vote and will do so this week. Now, one of the host cities is Las Vegas. And don't look now, but Vegas is like, like Florida's number for NBA and um, Vegas is not doing well. Nevada, oh, really? Yeah, Nevada numbers are, are going up again. All right, so the other big story from the weekend came out yesterday. It was kind of like a Sunday news dump day. Do you know what? It really <laughs> it was. Way, yeah. Sports dump, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Fox has given up the uh, given up the golf. U.S. Yeah. Open goes back to NBC, and they forfeited, I think, seven, the final seven years. Remember, it was a 12-year contract. Mm-hmm. They did five. Here's the thing, and I'm biased because... I think Joe Buck is as good as there is in the business, period, full stop. 
First year that Fox had the U.S. Open. All right. Growing pains. But to be expected, right? Well, and it was Chambers Bay, which is just a terrible-looking well, It course. is, but the reason I loved it, Trent, we were turning off the golf coverage at 9.30 mm-hmm. at night. That was great, because right? it was on the West Coast. Yeah, on yeah. the West Coast. Where is that, Seattle? Se- uh, yeah. yeah. That's just outside Seattle? Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that they got a lot better. I think that the crew that they had... Well, they replaced Norman with Azinger. That, it was terrific. A huge upgrade there. Joel Klatt's got a microphone. He does, yes. And then Joel Klatt could ring the phone book and I'd be in. Uh, Shane O'Donohue. Mm-hmm. Is really good when it's not Buck. It's O'Donohue that's leading the way. Shane Bacon's really good. Shane Bacon, another good one. On-course yeah. guy who mm-hmm. who does a really good job with interviews. Uh, Julie Inkster also, she yeah, was part yeah. of, was she not? But, but it was the only tournament that they had. This and, right. of course, the U.S. Amateur. Yeah, but, but nobody watched it. Right. The USAGA events that they had, it was really two. Mm-hmm. I mean, two that had any kind of pull at all. And when you're not doing it, when you're not doing it full-time, you just you don't have the people. And it's not just... The on-air people that are involved. That was another part that I remember so vividly of that first U.S. Open is the camera work seems so shoddy compared to what we Did were it. used to. Yeah. And that was something that I walked away saying, hey, you know, Buck, make your arguments. I'm with you. I'm a Buck guy. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. But it wasn't that. It was, well, you didn't have the same camera, camera yeah. operators. You didn't and have the same Greg people. Norman, too. Yeah, and he was very good yeah. on top of it. So this is the way it kind of is supposed to be. U.S. Open Precisely. is supposed yeah. to be on NBC. And their connection, obviously, to the Dan Ball Hicks, Channel. Dan huge. Yes. Now, didn't Miller work with Dan Hicks? I think he yeah, did. So yeah. what's, what's, what's going to be the um, uh, the scenario they're going for? Do they do they farm them out? Right. I and mean, we've seen that before. Jay Billis gets farmed out to, the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to March Madness from ESPN. It's not like these guys don't cross over. Um, but, uh, again, it was... This is the only tournament, so you're not used to watching golf on Fox, but I thought that they did a good job. First year, notwithstanding. The other part is, in the past, when the U.S. Open was on NBC for your Saturday and Sunday, the opening round, those Thursday and Friday rounds, were on ESPN. Will oh, that were they? change? Yeah, at least okay. in the last couple of years of that contract. Of course, the connection there, maybe Turner will get it. Mm. Saw that for a number of years with the PGA Championship. Now that's flipped. Oh, you know who they bring back? You know who gets to cover this now? And he was really good at golf. He was really good at everything. Bob Costas? Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico, there's a good yeah. call, who for the longest time was ESPN studio. And host ABC, the he did yeah. the British Open, remember? Yes, absolutely. On ABC. And was so really Tirico good at gets it. it back. There's always something for Tirico mm-hmm. to do, isn't it? As we await, he's such a pro, Trent. Yes. He's such a pro. You put him in any circumstance, mm-hmm. he's going to do a good job. You know that from him. I, I'm just, I'm happy to see this. Yeah, maybe it's some of the uh, the oldness starting to wear off, but I like things the way that I remember it. And, and <laughs> back on NBC, in U.S. Open, NBC, because there was a lot of that. There was a a lot of oh, not pains, not the right word, angst, maybe yeah. over the top, but it was tradition. Right? Because eventually, you would think, maybe not, but eventually. CBS is not going to be a part of the Masters. There's going to be something that happens. CBS goes in a different direction, yeah, whatever it is. That would be. Oof. SEC football here in the yeah, next few that, years well, is that's not a great going point. to be great point. on CBS. Mm-hmm. Just companies change, ideals change, organizations change, the leagues that we're talking about change. And because of that, you know, how that's going to be in, do they own the rights to the music for the Masters? I don't know. Well, And if that would go away? Yeah. Oof. You know, that 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 happened, and I know nobody cares, and this is, gonna, this is going to, uh, I'm not kidding. Hockey Night in Canada's iconic music that's uh-huh. been around since I can remember watching TV in the 60s. The song was bought by, is it Rogers or Sportsnet or something? 
Find that. I bet you I'm right on the money. That clip you're watching. It doesn't have a date on it, but But anyway, you're pumped up. I can tell. Oh, I love that song. God, I love that tune, that (laughs) intro. All right, we'll take a time out Uh, on that note. We'll come back. We are going to hear from Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. Uh, Tommy, again, was the first to have the Cubs and the Cardinals. It's not official yet. The schedule comes out. When have you heard? This week sometime? Hopefully. I told you about that Nightingale piece that I saw last week that said 10 to 14 days. Oh, come on. Really? Yeah. So you're going to get to the middle of July. We'll be a week away from baseball. Basically, I, the way that it was, I believe he wrote that on Wednesday. So if you're talking about Wednesday of last week, seven days on this Wednesday, over the weekend or early next week is when we get it. That's too late. Mm-hmm. I want to see it this week. Well, mm-hmm. I wanted to see it by Friday. Yeah. That didn't happen. No, but I think you'll see it by by this Friday. Speaking of this Friday, uh, all the local shows are off this Friday. We're going to celebrate uh, the 4th of July with everybody. Disappointing we're not going to be watching baseball on the 4th yeah. of July. As that seemed like, uh, well, too perfect, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, too it's, easy. It's too easy to make any sense. Miller and Condon with you until noon. We're going to talk some baseball now for the remainder of the hour. Uh, Tommy Birch on the Cubs. Uh, more so on the young Cubs uh, that have got their opportunity or may get their opportunity. Brian Walton on the Cardinals. Uh, we still have two NFL teams that we didn't get to next week. We will rectify that at 1120, at least with one of them. Jeff Hughes from the Bears blog. And then Tyrone Taylor is going to slide on in here from uh, uh, Des Moines Hoover. It's the cleat drive, the Hoover football cleat drive. Coach Taylor will give us more information on that. And if you're uh, in a position that you could help this thing is going on for the entire month of july we'll give you all the details on that and coach uh, and speak with coach taylor uh, by the way when do you get to put your schedule together oh it's a great question i probably could start working on it at least a temporary or a placeholder until we get official word more teams starting to uh get hit with covid yeah there's some baseball falls. teams yeah right? both cedar falls Baseball and softball, mm-hmm. they've shut it down. We haven't seen anything. For the entire year, for two weeks. For two weeks. Okay. For two weeks, and then they will reevaluate. And in fact, Cedar Falls said, I think, seven to ten days, and they'll reevaluate okay. at that point of what it's going to be. But that is where we are, and yep. that's going to be, if we do get fall sports, football, volleyball, and the like, that's the way that it's going to have to be. And I think it kind of gives us at least a little bit of a template going forward, what it's mm-hmm. going to look like at the others. The NBA. They get one case like we're seeing here with some of these high school teams. They're not going to shut down the whole team. But at the high school level, does that make sense? I I think it at least gives you a look at what it's going to look like going forward. Well, high school baseball, you've got it tonight. By the way, it's back at uh, Principal Park. All the uh, the iCubs uh, personnel were tested. They're all negative, so back open for business tonight. They've got a game. Boy, you've got a game. Not at Principal Park, but you've got 2v4. Yes, looking forward to that. Johnston on the road up in Ankeny to take on the Hawks. We'll have game two of that double dip coming your way here on the air. 7 o'clock with the first pitch. And uh, got to see Brody Breck throw last week. Hopefully I get to see him throw again tonight. When's his Major League draft? Next year? Yeah, yeah. He's 2021 class, so the what, opportunity will be there. What kind of decisions he can have? What did, you, what did you tell me he threw? 90-something? 94. 94 at this first pitch. <laughs> gun out of poke last week and hit 95 a couple of different times on their gun. He is an immense talent. Well, He's a D1 football player. He could have gone mm-hmm. to a lot of places, and uh, he made this commitment to Iowa. 6'4", speed. 
He has it all there. And when you can throw like that, Major League scouts are going to be involved. You know, Control's always been the question with him, looking at his numbers last year. Same thing happened last week against Southeast Spoke. He had one bad inning where the control started to go away a little bit. But you can tweak that kind of arm with yeah. that kind of frame. you got to believe and that Major League scouts are going to be looking. Here's the other thing. It's not going to be five rounds next year. Right, yes. It's going to go a whole lot deeper than so that. So this is a young man that might have a decision to make? Oh, I think so. I, I think there's going to be that opportunity with him here. This class as a whole, in fact, I want to talk to Tommy a little bit about that. The 2021 baseball class in the state of Iowa. Waukee has a young man, Jackson Wentworth, who a lot of people believe he's played in a couple of big events this spring and summer. That is going to hear his name called relatively early in the draft next week. He's committed to play at Kansas State. There's a kid from Dubuque Waller, Ian Moeller. He's uh, committed to play at LSU. <laughs> you you heard of that baseball that. program? Yeah, time or two. <laughs> yeah. That shows you just how good this class is as a whole. Marcus Morgan, his brother, Jeremy Morgan, played uh, yeah, oh, UNI sure. basketball. He's a quarterback for Iowa City West. He's a baseball player. In fact, rated ahead of a couple of these guys we mentioned at the Iowa Prep Baseball Rankings, Wentworth and, and a few of the others. Garrett Christensen. Yeah, his name's Garrick. Think that kid's good over at Urbandale. Wow. This 2021 class in the state of Iowa for baseball, it's not just going to be a kid. I think we're going to three, four, maybe five kids hear their name called next year. Unbelievable. Uh, speaking of Garrett, Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer on opening night. Yeah, all right. I think I know somewhere it's going to be part of my clicker. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Lock that in, 722. Here we crossed. go. Miller and Condon till noon. Tommy Birch next. Brian Walton still to come. Brian covers the Cardinals as we uh, talk baseball for the remainder of the hour on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 1 to play. We're talking baseball. Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball. The scooter, the barber, and the nuke. All right, welcome back, Miller and Cardinals. They knew them all from Boston to the hour still to come. We will get to the Cardinals. Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. We'll check in on the Redbirds, but as promised, Tommy Birch joins the program. Uh, a lot of ground to cover with Tommy. The uh, Cubs put out there 50 players plus the well, 39 in Chicago and 11 in South Bend. Want to pick his brain on some of those youngsters that, I don't know, maybe some are not so young anymore, that may have an opportunity. Uh, of course, Tommy with the Des Moines Register. Tommy, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Tommy Birch. Uh, good to talk to you, as always. You know, where I want to start with you is uh, your speculation from last week, your story. Uh, that uh, people that you had talked to seemingly have the Cubs and the Cardinals uh, on their wish list for game at uh, for the game at Field of Dreams. I mean, uh, it's going to be two Central Division teams due to the travel restriction. I think it makes a ton of sense. Cubs Cards is a terrific rivalry. Uh, Tommy, all things point to this as a no brainer. Uh, what can you tell us? Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, the game is scheduled to be White Sox-Yankees, but with the travel restrictions of the schedule, Major League Baseball schedule is going to have from COVID-19, which essentially allows uh, limited travel and basically central division teams playing each other from league to league. Um, that's just not going to be a possibility. So I had heard that MLB had casually been um, at least entertaining some backup scenarios. And one of the backup scenarios is um, Cardinals-Cubs. And basically that makes a lot of sense for the idea that, one, you have both our Midwest teams, two, um, and they're going to draw a line in terms of TV ratings. Now, if that actually happens, we don't know. All I know is it has been um, an option that's been discussed and at least thrown out there. A lot of things still have to happen. One, 
the game actually still has to happen in 2020. We don't know if Major League Baseball is going to want to continue to proceed with this Seal of Dreams game. I've been told there is an option, at least uh, I believe contractually, that they can move this game to 2021. Even if the game was played in 2020, I was always told there was an option to pick it up for 2020, that this is essentially being looked at as possibly kind of like the Williamsport Little League World Series game where mm. everything um, goes according to plan, it gets good feedback, it, it runs smoothly, they could make this a, a permanent part of Major League Baseball schedule. So first off, we have to see if it's actually going to happen in 2020. Um, I do know that the White Sox are an entertaining option still for this game because the whole field of dreams aspect to it, Jewish Joe Jackson, the storyline, I get that. But in the grand scheme of things, look, Major League Baseball is only going to have so many opportunities to nationally televise games. You want to be able to knock them out of the park. And I don't know if you can come up with a, a matchup of White Sox, anybody that's truly going to, to feed the beast. Now, it's like I said, it may still happen where you pair the White Sox up with somebody else. But at least Cubs Cardinals has been heavily discussed. I, I think it'd be perfect to go White Sox Twins. <laughs> I, I'm sure you agree, Tommy. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I think uh, for people in Minnesota, that would that would be pretty interesting, and for a few people that Trent and I both know in, <laughs> in Des Moines, it would be pretty interesting. But I think even in Chicago, uh, that's not even you know going to be a, a tremendous sell, but. You know, I, I think it's like I said before, you've got the option of the 2021 game where even if you don't do White Sox, which I'm not saying won't happen, you know, the White Sox still could be one of the teams in this 2020 game if it happens. But if you don't do the White Sox this year, you've always got that for 2021. Let's be honest, you know, when it comes to this game, you know, the idea of the White Sox actually playing in it is essentially a, a five minute storyline in the pregame show and obviously going to be a a great point throughout the game, but it's not the end all be all when it comes to this game. Sure. Show Jackson is not going to come out of the cornfield (laughs) and actually play for the White Sox this time. That is true. Tommy Burch joining us from the Des Moines registers. We talk some baseball with him. Tommy, let's jump into what we're going to see this week. Players making their way to, for the most part, the major league ballpark and the training facilities there. And uh, well, you cover, of course, the Iowa Cubs beat. What that means for that group of players? How many of the guys that you know, and and what baseball is going to look like when we get it started here at the end of the month of July? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because right now the Cubs roster essentially has ten open spots left uh, left on it between you know uh, what they're bringing to Chicago and what they're sending to South Bend. So. That kind of leaves them some wiggle room, and I think that's probably the most interesting thing that you see with this roster is knowing that, okay, they can either go out and add some guys um, throughout the system that are not on this roster, or they could possibly go out and sign some guys. Um, There are tons of options out there, and obviously what I think are probably the most intriguing parts of it are the draft picks that the Chicago Mm -hmm. Cubs went and got and signed over the past week. Now, they have plenty of time between them signing them and releasing this roster, but I could see a scenario where one or two of those guys that they just drafted right now 
end up um, at least on the 60-man player um, pool because right now there's only 50 names out there. Now, just because you get added to the 60-man player pool doesn't mean um, that we're going to see you in a big league uniform. It means that either, hey, you're going to be working out with the big league club or you're going to be on the taxi squad. And I think right now you're seeing a lot of teams do this where they're putting some big-name prospects at the very least on that taxi squad because they want to get them innings, they want to get them at-bats, they want to get them training in this development because right now 2020 is shaping up to be a monumentally lost year for player development. I think that's probably a storyline that goes overlooked throughout all this. I couldn't agree with you more, Tommy. Makes perfect sense for them to do that. Uh, you know, another guy on this uh, roster that intrigues me, and uh, we talked about him before, and he's certainly been, uh, you know, what, when's Colin Ray? What's keeping Colin Ray down here? I think he was 14-4 and four last year, Cascade native. What would prevent him, Tommy, from getting an opportunity, and do you think he's overdue to get a look back in the major leagues? Yeah, Colin's definitely going to get one now, and I would say even before the COVID-19 crisis, uh, Colin had put himself in prime position to to get some big league time with the Cubs. I think there were two things that really hurt Colin last year. One, he was on the 40-man roster, and you, you pretty much have to to move some mountains to, to make some wiggle room with the 40-man roster, especially for a team that's trying to to get into the postseason. So um, Colin, no matter how well he pitched, he was just kind of the odd man out when it came to the numbers. He got added to the 40-man during the offseason. He's now part of the 60-man player pool. And, you know, now he is a couple years removed from Tommy John surgery, even though he had gotten some time on the mound in the Padres system coming back from Tommy John. You talk to any pitcher, they always say, hey, that first year back from Tommy John, is not when you regain your form. It's the year after, and I think you saw that with with Colin Ray, which is why I'm a little surprised that the Padres um, had cut the cord on Colin so fast. They had time with him. They didn't have to make a move. He was considered um, one of their prized pitching prospects, and he showed that last season when it came to the Cubs. You're definitely going to see Colin, as long as he stays healthy, in a big league uniform with the Cubs this season because – Look, uh, with the COVID-19 crisis and, and pitchers probably not, you know, uh, building their arms up to 100% where you're not going to have guys going seven, eight innings out of the shoot, probably not six innings out of the shoot. You're going to need a ton of arms. And Colin Ray, the perfect guy for that situation where he can do long, he can do short, he can do anything. He's the type of guy that is fully ready to take the ball whenever, wherever. So, um, yeah, this season you're going to see Colin Ray in a big league uniform with the Cubs. Got something here for you, Birchie. Who makes the most starts for the Cubs this year? Colin Ray, Ken's boy, Tyler Chatwood, <laughs> or Albert Alzali? Who of those three makes the sto- most starts for the Cubs? I'm going to go Chatwood just because it seemed like the momentum had kind of been building throughout spring training. He had pitched really well, kind of bought his time, and I think had uh, kind of solidified him, himself in either the back end of the rotation or possibly as kind of like a, uh, an emergency guy. I would, you know, Alzali is really an intriguing guy, and I'm shocked to see him right now kind of being on that south Me end too. Uh, taxi squad. Now, even though he's on that, 
that that really doesn't mean we aren't going to see him at some point. I, I think at some point you will. It's like I said, you've got some reshuffling that you can do with the roster here, and I think you know at some point you're going to see a lot of roster moves during this baseball season because you're going to want to have fresh arms all the time. And if they're during the COVID nineteen crisis and the short baseball season, um, there are two positions. <laughs> that if if you're a baseball player, you are really thankful that you play. It's either pitcher or catcher. And hmm. you know, you, you look at the Cubs roster and you look at the guys that are going to Chicago outside of Caratini and outside of Contreras. You have Higgins and uh, and Josh Pegley, and both those guys are guys that probably wouldn't have been vying for legitimate big league time this season. But you know, they're going to need bodies back there. So. Um, yeah, Chatwood's going to be my guy, although uh, Colin Ray, you're, you're going to see some innings from. Uh, Tommy, we'll get you out of here on this. Um, so, two-parter. Well, maybe just maybe we'll end, just end on this. Robal Garcia is also another one of those guys on that summer camp roster. Did the Kipnis signing and the Horner, uh, I guess, debut uh, final month of the season maybe put the writing on the wall for him? I mean, Garcia came up and had some big, big hits uh, in a Cub uniform. Were you surprised Garcia will at least begin in South Bend? Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that, but I think if you talk to some of the people in the Cubs organization, they think maybe the worry when it comes to Rebel Garcia is that maybe the book started getting mm-hmm. out on him towards the end of last season where he started getting um, exposed a little bit more once he once he got more and more time in the big leagues. And I think they look at, hey, uh, Kipnis is an established guy that's been around. He's, he's a popular guy. He's a a uh, very good locker room guy is a veteran presence that I think in the end they really want him alongside Nico Horner because Nico Horner represents the future of that Cubs organization and who better for him to kind of um um you know get on the job training and kind of mentorship than Kipnis. So I think uh both those factors kind of work out where both Kipnis and Horner kind of play against for Bell Garcia but Rebel is a guy that you're going to probably see in the big leagues at some point because you're going to want that back coming off the bench at some point. Final thing for you, Birchie. Uh, you had the story about Carter Baumler and his draft by the Orioles next season. Looking forward to 2021. Not going to be a five-round draft. We wouldn't anticipate. But Jackson Wentworth, a kid from Waukee, getting a lot of buzz, a Kansas State commitment. He's up there pumping it in the 90s. You got Brody Brecht, who's uh, signed on to play football at Iowa. But a, a baseball pitcher. He hit 95 on the gun out of Polk last week mm. when I was doing that game. There's a catcher from over at Dubuque Wallert that's already committed to LSU. When you look at the 2021 class, going to guess there's going to be a couple of kids hearing their name called here from the state of Iowa. Yeah, it's kind of funny. The, there were a couple of times that went out to Waukee to, to hang out with Carter Baumler and, uh, and kind of watch him train. And you talk to the people that he was around and some of the players he was with as pumped as they were um, for Carter Baumler and the idea that, hey, this is, this is a guy that probably could have gone the second round of the draft if he would have, uh, you know, taken the money that early. As pumped as they were for Carter Baumler, a lot of people around us, they are pretty pumped about the players that you'd mentioned that are coming up through the draft class next year where there are not only a couple of guys that, uh, that a lot of people feel like could be early round draft picks, but, uh, you know, a pretty strong uh, and thick class, too, where it, it, it's probably 
one of the deepest that we've seen in a few years where, you know, uh, probably dating back to when we were talking about guys like uh, Keen McKinney, Ryan Lillard, uh, you know, the guys from Ankeny, Ankeny Centennial, and, and Urbandale. So next year's draft class could be very, very interesting. Now kind of the, the big question is how long is the draft going to be next year? Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. Birchy, thank you for coming on, uh, sharing your insight and some of the guys that you've spent a whole lot of time uh, watching develop uh, down at uh, Principal Park. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register, uh, as he joins us here on the program. All right, we'll get more in-depth, obviously, with the Cubs roster Wednesday mm-hmm. when our buddy David Kaplan joins the program. But good to hear uh, from Tommy Birch. Ready to talk some Cardinals? I am, When yes. are the Twins up? Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday or Wednesday we can do, yeah. Nick Nelson, uh, our Twins guy and from Twins Daily, work called today during our program. You I know how that, that happens. happens. Yes. I hate when that happens. We get uh, we get clubbed every once in a while with that. For the most part, people are good. But, uh, yeah, the day job came calling. But we'll talk Twins later this week. Royals? Now, sometime this week as well. Brewers, White Sox. We'll get them. We'll get to them. Absolutely. We get got to. Well, we're still catching up on football. Uh, Jeff Hughes are. on the Bears coming up uh, at 11.20. We're going to try and uh, lend a hand to our friends over at Hoover. Hoover Football. We'll tell you about what they've got going on. Again, Tyrone Taylor, the head coach at Hoover, doing a cleat drive, and he's going to join us at 11.45. look forward to speaking uh, with Coach Taylor. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106th in building. Hi, right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Seems like more than yesterday. It's been a long time since we've talked St. Louis Cardinal baseball. I have a feeling we'll do a whole lot more of that in the weeks ahead. Brian Walton, the CardinalNation.com. Uh, he joins the program. He's been busy, been doing a lot of stuff with Dan McLaughlin. He's almost outgrowing our show here, Trent Condon. I don't like the sound of I that. I don't either. Brian Walton joins us. Brian, Trent, Ken, thanks for coming back on. How are you? I'm I'm great. It's always great to be on, but a little barbecue next time I come to Des Moines would be okay. Absolutely. You count on it, my friend. Hey, uh, let's, uh, a lot of ground to cover. We've got 10 minutes to do so. I want to, um, we'll get into the roster, dot, dot, dot. Who are the Cardinals going to use the DH now that Universal DH has come to baseball? And it's not going away, we don't think. It's only uh, in place for this year, but tough to go back, uh, kind of the consensus. Who would that be? Carpenter? Well, you know, it's funny. We've asked Tom Jose like that multiple times, including within the last week, and he's continued to say, hey, we're going to use this as a position to rest some of our veterans with this compressed schedule. Guys like Carpenter, guys like Paul Goldschmidt even, maybe Paul DeYoung are, are going to get a breather. And so there won't be a set designated hitter. Uh, they've got a young guy, Tommy Edmond, who, of course, played so well last year, doesn't really have a position in the field. They signed Brad Miller, uh, an experienced hitter. And so they've got a lot of guys plus four outfielders for three jobs. So, you know, they're probably going to shift things around a bit. I don't think they'll be a single designated hitter. One of those uh, outfielders that a lot of people are excited about, a youngster, Dylan Carlson. Your thoughts on him and expectations here in year number one, a full season, a full season to 60 games. Well, Carlson will probably spend at least the first five games or so uh, at their alternate uh, spring training camp in Springfield, Missouri. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is Clock. that his, ser- his service time uh, is such that they could keep another year of control of him before free agency by him spending a minimum amount of time in the minors. Yep. But the real reason that the Cardinals repeat over and over is that both Tyler O'Neill and Lane Thomas 
need to get some at-bats. They need to find out what they've got in these two guys. One of them is going to start in left field. The other is likely to be the fourth outfielder. And, you know, Dexter Fowler, who's had his ups and downs, they're not going to give up on him the first week of the season. So, you know, until there's a spot for Dylan Carlson to play for sure, they're not going to want to bring him up. Now, if the team starts slowly and there's pressure and they need to make a change, Carlson, you know, would certainly be the first guy you'd see. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of, um, I think this is the, you know, back to Chris Bryant and the whole service thing. On my team, the Jays have a pitcher they're real excited about, Nate Pearson. They're going to keep him down so they don't have to start his clock. But this Carlson, so who does he remind you of at this point in, in his career? Because as Trent mentioned, the hype is uh, through the roof on this kid. Who, if, um, and maybe unfair, Brian, but at this point, who does he remind you of? You know, Dylan Carr, I hate to do individual comps because they're, you know, they're, they're flawed at, at best. But, you know, Dylan Carlson is a guy who is going to hit for some average. He's got some decent speed. He's got some power. So, you know, you look at him and say, hey, you know, he could be a very talented multi-tool athlete. Is he going to be, you know, the next Mike Trout? Probably not. But the looks are that he's going to be a solid major league player and, uh, you know, for a long time. A comp that I've heard that I felt, you know, mildly comfortable with is Nick Markakis, a guy with a long major league career, a great contributor, now and then an all-star, played on some championship teams, but, you know, isn't going to be a superstar necessarily. Let's go to the rotation. Jack Flaherty at the top of it. A great season out of him last year. Six in the National League in ERA. He'll be at the top, but Carlos Martinez, the bouncing around that we've seen. How does this play out? What's your expectations for the five, or do they even go deeper than that? Well, interesting question, Trent. I mean, the major question for Carlos Martinez is his shoulder. Will his shoulder hold up? Because there have been these mysterious injuries that are supposedly keeping him we're keeping him from starting but we're good enough that he could close now they say he's checked out everything's okay and he's going to be among the five in the rotation there's been a lot of talk the cardinals signed kk kim the korean left-hander that they you know might go with a six-man rotation but let's face it with a shortened season you want to see jack flaherty pitch as often as possible I mean, no doubt about it. So having a six-man rotation doesn't make sense. The good news is that the Cardinals have at least 10 guys, arguably 12 guys, that could start. So I'm talking about Kim. I'm talking about Ryan Helsley, Ponce de Leon, Gomber, Alex Reyes. So they could go with a starter going maybe four innings, maybe five innings, bring in another starter to pitch the next three, and you're closer, and boom, the game's done. So I think the Cardinals are one of the teams that are going to benefit from the short schedule because of the strength of their pitching. Uh, when you're, we're going to combine the two uh, central divisions, uh, how do you see it? I mean, let the, save that for a second. If we were only playing National League Central, I'm on the um, – I'm of the belief that the Reds are a keg of dynamite, that this team's about to explode uh, in a good way, I think. I think that they're young guys. Uh, Castellanos goes over there. I think that's an, uh, a signing that you know, uh, maybe some people have forgotten about. I think that's a really good spot for him to be. And, I mean, we saw what he did last year when he uh, got traded from the Tigers to the Cubs. Cubs fans were, you know, fingers crossed that he would re-sign uh, with the Northsiders. He's a, he's a Cincinnati Red. I like this Reds team. Where are you? When you said explode, I thought you meant Trevor Bauer, but let me put yeah. that aside. Uh, I think the Reds, I'm sort of from Missouri on the Reds. Because I Show remember a year ago, we were all yeah, excited yeah. about yeah. Wood and Puig and Camp, and yeah. they were going to you know, do everything, and they didn't. 
And I, I still think Cincinnati's pitching is a little bit questionable, sort of like the Cubs, in that their strength is their offense, while the Cardinals' strength is their pitching. So, you know, if you look at the, what the odd makers say, the last odds I saw from Caesars have all three teams at 31 and a half mm-hmm. wins over under. So it's going to be a dogfight in the Central Division. It's uh, also going to play out. The crossovers are going to matter. And as a Cardinals fan, Certainly got to be happy it's the Royals this season. Not the case five, six years ago. This year, though, extra games against the Royals, a good thing. Yeah, half a dozen games against the Royals, and there's some additional excitement in that Mike Matheny, of course, is the new manager mm-hmm. of Kansas Right, City. right, right. Um, and I, you know, I think, again, all the National League Central teams are going to benefit from playing the AO Central teams. Certainly, uh, the Twins are, are forced, and Cleveland's always good. Uh, but the White Sox, you know, they're still on the, you know, up and coming. And, of course, you know, getting to play the Tigers is a benefit that they'll all uh, you know, see uh, results from. Uh, Field of Dreams, of course, here in the state of Iowa. Uh, Tommy Birch uh, from the Des Moines Register covers the Iowa Cubs. He's a real good baseball guy. He has got some intel that uh, maybe on the top of the wish list is Cubs cards at Field of Dreams. From a Cardinals perspective, has that been discussed at all? Do you know, Brian? I had not heard it until I heard Tommy on the segment before me. And by the way, he got 20 minutes and I only get 10. So yeah. I just want to say, I get, I get, we owe you. Uh, but I, listen, let me tell you, I had not heard that before, but I'm going to pack my bags for Dyersville as soon as possible yeah. if that gets announced. Now I got to tell you, if I'm the White Sox, I would fight to the death not to lose that game. Right. So, you know, it's an interesting rumor, but I'll be surprised if it happens. Now, on the other side of the coin, uh, what, what Tommy didn't mention was the fact that the Cardinals Cubs series in, um, London got right. you know, knocked from the schedule, so this might be a bone to throw them uh, rather than the London thing. So I, you know, I wouldn't throw it out the window, but you know, that'd be exciting. Brian, we're excited to get baseball back. We're going to see uh, players making their way, but there are still concerns out there. Getting a full season in, getting the postseason in. Where are the concerns with you as you look at things and still kind of wondering how this is all going to play out? Well, you know, the the the, the real pressure is going to be on the players themselves. Uh, when they're not at the ballpark, mm-hmm. you know, b- baseball f- from the owner side as well as the players' association have worked very hard to try to put rules in place to protect everybody. But when you know they can't police people 24 hours a day, and so you know the behavior of the individuals when they're away from the team is going to matter a lot. It's going to be hard for some of these guys to stay in their hotel room when they're in New York or Chicago or some of these places. But you know they've got to control the spread of the virus if they want to you know get the whole season in, and that seems to be everything you know that what everybody wants to do, and they work so hard. So you. It would be a shame if if they weren't able to con- you know continue because of that. Uh, Brian Walton, the CardinalNation dot com is our guest. Brian, what have you heard uh, in our final what thirty seconds or so before the music plays? Bush Stadium. I, I guess that Major League Baseball is going to defer to the states when it comes to how many people that they'll allow in their ballparks. Has there been any talk of what they're going to do at Bush Stadium this summer? Not yet, but uh, certainly their desire is to get you know as as many people in as they can because you know all the owners want to get revenue. Just like with the rooftops in Wrigley, the Cardinals have their their uh, ballpark village complex yeah. right across the street, and so you know they'll be able to get some number of fans in there, but certainly nothing like fifty thousand in a stadium. Then you know with social distancing, obviously that would be less. But you know they all want to do it, and they're all going to try to figure out a way. But first step is to get players through training camp healthy. We owe you ten minutes. We'll pay you next week. How about that, Brian Walton? You got it. Thanks, pal. Good to talk to you. TheCardinalNation.com, Brian Walton. Brian, great, uh, again, uh, short to cha- short, short change you. Uh, have a wonderful fourth. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Good to talk to you. Brian Walton, TheCardinalNation.com. Uh, 11 o'clock hour coming up next.
We're potpourri of sports today, are we not? A little of everything. Absolutely. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, 106.3.